Well, greetings and welcome once again to our weekly meditation series. I'm Todd, the editor here at Fresh Text. We hope you have found this series fruitful in your spiritual practice during this time of Lent and are delighted to continue to provide these reflections for all listeners during this season. In addition to our weekly meditations, our monthly conversation series will continue tomorrow, March 5th, featuring a fascinating and insightful conversation between John and Dr. Chris Bounds, centered on Lent and Atonement. With the influx of bonus materials on offer this month, we can only hope that you have not chosen to forego podcasts as part of your Lenten fast. However, if that's the case, we hope you might find time within your Sabbath practice to reflect with us on these episodes. If you do find this bonus material edifying, we encourage you to visit patreon.com forward slash fresh text, where for a limited time, you can access all weekly meditations as well as our February bonus episode. For now, we hope you are encouraged by this weekly meditation on Mark 2, verses 13 through 17, entitled, Like Fire in Chaff. Welcome to our weekly special. Per our custom, we're going to hear a word of scripture read a couple of times, and I'll offer some words of meditation on the text. But let us begin with a moment of silence. We'll give you a little silence right here on the recording. But if you're in a place in time where you might have a little extra time, you could go ahead and pause recording and set a timer for two minutes or five minutes or however long you'd like, just to become centered and present to the space and time that you are in, and therefore readying yourself to hear the Word of God. Now let us hear the word of God read the first time. This story comes from Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 17. Mark 2, 13 through 17. I recommend that you just listen. If you miss a piece of data here or there, it's okay. I'll read it again later in our time together. But if you would like to turn there and you prefer to read along, that's totally fine. It's up to you. But either way, we'll have a little moment of silence after this first reading to give you a time to offer your imagination to God, to sanctify your imagination that you might, by his grace, begin to see the story unfold before your eyes, to see the place and the places where the events take place, to see the persons in the story, to hear what they say and to see what they do. So after reading it this first time, I'll give you some silence for you to imagine the scene. Jesus went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. 
And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, Follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but rather those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners. Now let us listen to the word of God a second time, after which I'll offer some words of my own meditation for you to consider and explore. Jesus went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, He said to them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but rather those who are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but to call sinners. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. The one who binds memory of injury to his soul is like the one who hides fire in chaff. The one who binds memory of injury to his soul is like one who hides fire in chaff. The one who binds memory of injury to his soul It's like one who hides fire in chaff. This is an ancient proverb um, from one of the desert fathers. The word translated there, memory of injury, is menese kakion. So it's the word for evil or bad things, injury, as it's translated here. And uh, menese is a memory. It's usually translated resentment, resentment which is what I want to talk about for a little bit today. The insight, of course, translating a memory of injury is to recognize that resentment often begins in a memory, keeping a memory of some sense in which we've been done wrong. Perhaps rightly, we were correct in assessing it that way, or perhaps we misinterpreted. But either way, it's an injury 
and injury can often be in the eye of the beholder. So a memory of injury or a resentment, one who binds that resentment to one's soul is like one who takes fire (laughs) and hides it inside chaff, which of course will just burn it up. And our hidden resentments do burn us up from within. And in this story, we see an initial, on the surface, a quite obvious resentment, this resentment of the scribes of the Pharisees that Jesus would be including sinners and tax collectors in his fellowship, that he chooses to sit at their table to be their guest and in turn for him to be a host of them in his community, this new fellowship of disciples and followers that he is creating. But the fact is, as as I've been meditating on this text, I don't immediately resonate with the scribes of the Pharisees. I do not too quick to resent God's inclusion of sinners. I feel that I have come to believe that I too am a sinner and I have been included by his grace So how could I resent the inclusion of sinners if I too am a sinner? Perhaps you yourself do not resonate with the scribes of the Pharisees either. Perhaps you are quick to identify yourself as among the sinners. And so it feels good to hear Jesus say, I came to call not the righteous, but sinners. But as I've been imagining and exploring this text, it occurs to me that there may be a hidden resentment that could easily emerge, of which we see some signs later in the story. But right here, it's just a hunch that perhaps Peter and Andrew and James and John, the first sinners that Christ called into his fellowship— that they too may have felt some resentment. Not resentment at the inclusion of nobodies, of lesser thans, of sinners like themselves, but a more subtle form of resentment. The resentment that is directed at the newer believer. I can imagine that if not all of them, at least one of them, Peter, Andrew, James, and John, surely at least one of them didn't love all this attention being shed on Levi. In fact, the sinner's side of things they might have been able to bear, but the tax collector business may have been a bit tricky given that this man would have been a collector of taxes or tolls on their own fishing work. They've had to deal with this man before and may not have been terribly excited at the attention that he now receives from Jesus. Have you ever been resentful of a fellow follower of Jesus? Have you ever heard someone testify to something beautiful that God was doing in them and for them, and you were glad for them, and yet that little voice inside reminded you 
well, but that, that happened to me. That happened to me a year ago. Nobody seemed to be fawning over me then when I shared it. I confess this is a unattractive hidden sin, but it's one that is worth pointing out and is worth asking the tough question, Lord, have I bound resentment to my soul? Have I hid a memory of injury in my heart? And if so, to realize the great danger that we place ourselves in, it's like hiding fire in chaff, remembering and mulling over again and again the special treatment that others receive that we, though we might never say it out loud, believe that we deserve, or even if we don't believe we deserve it, wish nevertheless that we received it. When a little glory passes from us to another, especially to the shiny new thing, it's hard to not have that memory get stuck in our soul and to build up resentment over time. So I want to invite you today to do an honest assessment, to really look within and ask, Lord, is there any resentment hidden in me? Even if it hasn't flamed into sin, it's nevertheless hidden there and, and may be putting me at great risk of hardening my heart and of burning me up inside. Lord, expose that resentment to us each and all. Not that we might feel guilty and depressed, but precisely that we might be released and liberated to join the party and celebrate that this sinner too, Levi and his friends, that these sinners too have been drawn into fellowship with you, O Christ. Do this work deep in our hearts, we pray, in your precious name. And now we'll read the text a third time. And I'll give you an opportunity while I'm reading and then in a little silent moment after, which of course you can extend if you wish by simply pausing uh, the recording for a time of prayerful response. As I read, see yourself fully in the story. Which character do you identify with? And whatever the text or my talk has stirred in you, let it come forth as a word of prayer back to God. And at the end of that time, once you've enunciated your prayerful response, then just sit in the silence for a little while. And then the silence will come to a close with the Lord's Prayer. All right, so I'll read it this third time and then a time for prayer and silence, concluding with the Lord's Prayer. Jesus went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him. And he was teaching them. And as he passed by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax booth. 
And he said to him, follow me. And he rose and followed him. And as he reclined at table in his house, many tax collectors and sinners were reclining with Jesus and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. And the scribes of the Pharisees, when they saw that he was eating with sinners and tax collectors, said to his disciples, why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? And when Jesus heard it, he said to them, those who are well have no need of a physician, but rather those who are sick. I came to call not the righteous, but sinners. Now having lifted our prayer and response to God, let us just sit in silence for a moment of contemplative communion with Christ, at the end of which I'll say the Lord's Prayer, inviting you to join me if you so wish. If you'd like to extend this time, feel free to pause the recording for as long or as short as you wish. Now let us pray as our Lord Jesus taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. 